Welcome to the Thriving Women in STEM podcast. We're your hosts, Dr. Ursula Lang and Dr. Brianne Daniels. Our mission is to support, nurture, and re-inspire STEM professional women to reclaim their lives and flourish. And the way we do this is through community building, shared experiences, and coaching tools. Let's do this. Hello, welcome back STEM community. Excited to be here with you with my lovely co-host, Dr. Ursula. Hi everyone. <laughs> hey, good to be back. We're in March. Woohoo. So exciting. I know, right? Spring, I guess, is around the corner. Um, if not, I don't think it's here quite yet. I don't know the exact date, but it's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. Yeah. The the little amount of chilliness that comes to California <laughs> is waning <laughs> and we're starting to get a slightly warmer sunshine <laughs> than we typically exactly. do. <laughs> and yeah, everything's going uh, pretty nicely so far. How are, How's your month or how's your week been, I guess, since our last podcast? It's been good. Um, you know, just living the life, doing the things. <laughs> Could I be more vague? No. Um, <laughs> you know, life is continuing and things are, things are fine. Um, you know, still doing the transitions and keeping up with the coaching and, you know, things are good. Great. For my end, I would say fun, some fun things, I guess I can share. My son got on the tennis team, so (laughs) yay for him. And also two more things on my I had to rearrange some things on my calendar because of his practices. So mm. trying to integrate all those things all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> schedule, my schedule. Um, so, but things are good. I, I like the idea of him being on a team sport slash it's kind of a, can be out of like a, if you do just do singles, it's not really a team sport, but regardless, he, he gets to meet more of his friends yeah, yeah. in his new school. My daughter just started her new preschool today, and that was an exciting moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> new beginnings. Spring's around the corner. Awesome. Super exciting. Yeah, yeah. Totally love it. You know, I think tennis is kind of, it's a team sport because you're on like the ladder together and, you know, I oh, don't know. Good way to look at it. Travels <laughs> together if you're going to away games. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'll choose no, thought, but it is a team way. sport, even though I guess it technically maybe, yeah, it's more individual. If you're playing singles, you're right. <laughs> anyway, that's super fun. Congratulations to him. I'm excited for him. This week, we are this this month, we are going to be talking about identity. Yeah. So uh why don't why don't you kick us off with talking about this specific week? Well, I, before we get into the specific week, I wanted to share why we chose the topic of identity for the podcast for this month. Um, We have been just offline, like me and you have been talking a lot about how we see ourselves, how we identify. Now that we're coaches, actually, that's a new identity, right? We're layering Mm -hmm. on top. And oftentimes I think we can kind of get into the habit of thinking about you know, what we do as being who we are. And in some respects, there's an identity piece in what we do, Um, but essentially like how to think of ourselves as one whole entity. So um, I think it's a really important topic because we 
the way we see ourselves and the way we identify um, is kind of, you know, plays a big role in how we show up in the world. So it's worth talking about, in other words. Um, and then in terms of this week, we're actually going to be talking about how we identify. So just kind of getting us started on thinking about all the different ways we identify. And, you know, this could be, this is pretty analogous to um, when we thought, when we talk about intersectionality, right? And how oftentimes the society is now made a bunch of boxes and we've decided, oh, these are all the boxes we're going to check. And how do we get from checking boxes to fully integrating it and owning our entire selves as one thing? So that's the topic of this week is how we identify and integrating. Ooh, I love it. Going back to calculus or something, integrals. <laughs> no, I shouldn't bring that up because I can't have an in-depth conversation about it, but oh, that's a good point. Um, Actually, that reminds me, we were talking about integration and integrity have the same root uh, word. And uh, I thought that was really actually pretty beautiful to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Super fascinating, actually thinking about just language in general and how we can um, express emotions. Even um, I think we're both listening to Brene Brown or reading Brene Brown's new book. <laughs> um, and I just, I found it fascinating that she's, you know, she just brings so much forward in terms of like language and vocabulary, and then sort of the definitions behind a lot of the words we use um, for emotions or feelings. And uh, anyway, I've gotten a lot of, a lot of that um, thought a lot more about the actual vocabulary I'm using. I think the first thing we would offer to anybody listening is to really think about, you know, what part of your life are you kind of checking boxes and showing up with certain pieces of you exposed and kind of hiding other parts of us. One way I think we can all relate to is really at work. And, you know, to some degree, we call it being professional professionalism. We're not going to, um, if we, if we love cooking as part of our identity, um, you know, that might not be the first thing we talk about when we're like getting to know somebody at work. Um, I don't know, that's a funny example, but I guess I'm also thinking about like myself as a Latina, right. Um, and kind of code switching a little bit when I go into work and sort of hiding, I don't know that it was intentional, but like bringing to light the fact that I don't often talk about my heritage or the things I like to do within that context, within that box, unless someone happens to also be that person. And then we have the shared identity, right? And then there is that connection because we feel like we belong to a group. And, you know, so, you know, part of my identity is, is more, sorry, part of me integrating my work, <clears throat> excuse me, part of my work has been to integrate all, all pieces of me and show up as a more, um, as an, an integrity with myself and integrating who I am and showing up as that person in all parts of my life. But I think for you to ask yourselves, where are you showing up as just putting on hats and putting on various hats? We use that a lot. <laughs> in addition to boxes, we're like, I'm putting this hat on or I'm putting that hat on. And, um, and, you know, thinking about your culture for sure is one way, one place where we might be not fully owning that in certain spaces. Another piece of it, uh, I think we talk about a lot on our podcast and within our coaching um, niche is uh, as children, like as a parent, showing up as a parent and what that means. And even within the realm of parenting, like 
what flavor of parent and what kind of parent, and we're sort of putting ourselves in those little boxes further um, versus, you know, just noticing where perhaps like it isn't a box, but it's just one identity that's unique and not a box anywhere because there isn't anybody who is uniquely integrated. And yeah, so I guess I think about the utility of boxes and kind of creating spaces of affinity and connection and relating to somebody who you also happen to be in this same quote unquote box, right? So affinity groups can be really helpful and sort of feeling the sense of belonging. But at the end of the day, belonging to yourself is one of the most powerful pieces that I've taken away from coaching and where it doesn't really matter where I show up because I know that I belong to me. So beautiful. I mean, I couldn't say it any better. <laughs> Just, yeah, right? Oh, I love that. Um, you mentioned Brene Brown. And before we got started recording, I found this one really awesome quote that she has highlighted in her book. So I'll just read it here. Uh, It says, because we can feel belonging only if we have the courage to share our most authentic selves with people, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. And so I would say like thinking about that with respect to accepting all, all boxes that you check as part of you. And, and like, once you've integrated that and accepted that as a whole, that you will really ultimately uh, feel that sense of belonging um, and kind of wholeness. Could you, That's I know that I she, could. She, she does this a lot, but could you just read it one more time? Cause it's so good. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is what Brene does, doesn't she? In the spirit so, of, of Brene. Yeah. Yes. So I'll read that one more time. Because yeah. That was important. <laughs> because we can feel belonging only if we have the courage to share our most authentic selves with people, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. It's so, it's so useful, at least for me to start to think about, you know, identity and, and the boxes that make us unique and how, as you start to have a lot of that self-acceptance, there can be kind of more fluidity in terms of your identity and how you kind of go in and out of your different boxes, maybe in different scenarios, like kind of how you introduce, you know, sometimes at work, you might show up kind of in your professional realm, right? And so maybe you wouldn't talk as much about your interest in cooking or something else, but then sort of as you're showing up with that self-awareness and that sense of belonging to yourself, it could be that that part of you starts to just show up kind of organically, naturally, authentically as a part of your professional self. And um, I feel like, you know, not to get too specific, but I, I remember, you know, when you and I were in residency and there was kind of a moment where I remember that it was like, you know, at first, like, you know, we were all kind of new and we we're like trying to be professional and like, you know, didn't know each other and stuff, but we, we kind of had like social interactions, right. Where we would all get together and, and, you know, go out on Friday after work or something like that. And that's where those other parts of us, we got to know about each other and so then when we started to be at work, it, it created this sort of magical space where we were like at work, we were professional at work, um, but we were like also friends and also part of a belonging 
group that was cohesive and, um, you know, I felt like worked well together and I kind of got to that magical level of like teamwork. That's very, I don't know, it feels natural. It feels smooth, you know, which is kind of what I always kind of imagine is sort of the ideal. (laughs) I don't know. Um, so, you know, that again, right. Having those moments to let down our guard, to be authentic, um, can sometimes be, you know, an additional piece of, of bringing cohesiveness, at least to identity of self within a group. You know, as you're talking, it, it reminds me actually that, you know, when we think about our personal lives and integrating it with our professional life and just saying exactly what you said, right. And like bringing up hobbies or bringing up interests. And that just brings in a little bit more cohesiveness because we're a whole person. We're not just our work. We are mm-hmm. actually every part of us is also human. Right. <laughs> other experiences outside of the workplace. And so it kind of brings a more whole humanness to teamwork, to like collaborations, to just everything. And that with that humanness brings more empathy, compassion, and understanding that even though we are maybe perhaps like the lead of this project, that we are also somebody who has a parent who is sick at home or also is, you know, someone who prioritizes perhaps, you know, some other career or hobby that we have other things on our plate than just this one thing. And I think that helps somewhat to accept boundaries too, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. like, I think the norm sometimes in graduate school or perhaps in postdocing or residency is that this is all you do. And that's what we expect of you to just do this one thing versus understanding that actually outside of this, these walls, we, we still are, we're still human. And then the second piece that it reminded me was our wholeness also involves things that we, that aren't perceived as being quote unquote good, right? Like Mm. that piece of our humanness and identity that is also like scared of certain things or has things that if we don't bring to light and talk about as part of our experience, there can be shame and then with shame, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't allow for others to connect on the negative spectrum of experiences. So not to say that we should just go around sharing all our intimate details with everyone, but to, to be able to speak of say divorce or to speak of, you know, a challenging experience in grad school or, or even like failing a test or Mm -hmm. failing, you know, the boards or doing any of these things, which, can easily be associated with shame if not spoken out loud and, you know, opening up the possibility that we are all, we are all very worthy regardless of the things we do, but regardless of all these other aspects of of who we are. Um, So speaking out loud, the good and the bad and all the shades in between can have a really powerful effect on accepting yourself because that, you know, those are things that we we all have struggles, but also, you know, recognizing that you're not the only one. There is going to be someone else out there who, you know, got yelled at by their manager or didn't do as well as expected on a certain evaluation um, or didn't well, understand sure. a concept the first time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I think all of that is just kind of, again, going back to integrating like everything and then recognizing that within teams uh, that you can leverage each other's strengths and experiences and 
allow for more support to come in perhaps. Right. Exactly. And that's so good that you brought up and, you know, the, the quote, quote unquote, good and the quote unquote, bad, right. The, the good experiences and the bad experiences or the, you know, the challenging things and the things that rise you up in terms of your like hobbies and things you enjoy. Right. That is the essence of what builds, builds our sense of belonging. Right. And that very human need to, to find belonging, which then, and the self-acceptance piece too, right? If yeah. we're calling it bad and we don't want to speak it out loud and we're shameful of it, we will never find belonging within that particular realm. That's so good. Yeah. Wow. That got deep real quick. <laughs> <laughs> As it often does. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, when we come back to today's or this week's topic of boxes versus integrating, um, I think, you know, looking at ourselves as a whole and our identity as just this fluid meshwork, I think we called it fabric <laughs> in prior episodes, I think is super um, supportive of living a more wholehearted life. So that's where I believe today's topic. And I wonder if you have any additional thoughts about how it integrates maybe with coaching, like how do we bring this particular piece into coaching? I think the main thing I wanted to bring up was that at least in in sort of my personal experience with coaching and with maybe mostly that kind of self-awareness component of belonging and identity, you know, I think it's it's totally normal and natural for a lot of us to go in and out of kind of like more and less self-awareness over our lives. <laughs> and so there may be sometimes when we're like, yeah, wow, I was like, I was really self-aware in that, in that either time period of my life or that particular experience or with that particular person or interaction. And then there may be other times when you're like, you know, that didn't go so well. And I wonder, you know, maybe it was because I was kind of not in my authentic self or too ashamed to say the thing that has happened to me that maybe is challenging or quote unquote bad or difficult to not open up and have that vulnerability. But thing that tied it together for me, just as I was thinking about bringing this topic forward is that, you know, coaching really has had that ability to sort of even that out. So it's a little bit less of a a sharp rise and a sharp fall up and down (laughs) experience. Um, It's just, it's just so helpful to have, have someone neutral to speak these things to, and to talk through a little bit and to just shine light on, on, yeah, like maybe where you're showing up with more boxes and you would want to be more integrated or even let's say perhaps perhaps things are a little bit blurry in terms of how you're seeing yourself and kind of wanting to see where are my boxes? I don't know. It could go either way, but I think ultimately, again, it's just really helpful to, to smooth out that self-awareness kind of roller coaster that maybe we all experience. Like um, it makes the highs and the lows a little bit more even keeled. Yeah. Yes. Even keeled. That was another (laughs) good way to put that. (laughs) Well, I think that this topic also, when before we started recording, we spoke a little bit about how our basic instinct as humans is to be part of a group and that, you know, I, our identity is wrapped up in, we are part of this group, therefore we are safe. 
And, you know, even as identifying as a physician, you know, like there's things that I have associated with that. And like, of course, I'm proud of the accomplishment and it was a challenging accomplishment to, to get. Um, but now being a physician, like I know that I sort of, there's like a safety and belonging to mm-hmm. a group and recognizing that our brains are just kind of naturally wired to want to belong. Um, and that's kind of from a primitive, like if you belong to a group, you're more likely to survive like <laughs> s- some, some brutal attack from, <laughs> right. from the environment and from uh, other things. Um, but that in a lot of ways, like you in the concept of just belonging to yourself takes out the need for other people to do certain things or for there even to be a particular box or a particular group that happens to match the identity you're looking to belong to. And I think as there's more, you know, nuances and kind of different groups that kind of evolve over time, that there may not be as many of that person or of that type of identity to form a group, but that um, that it's totally natural for you, for one to want that. And it's also... Uh, just recognizing that it's a natural response, but that it's kind of a pretty primitive and basic, like developmentally <laughs> as humans response, yeah. we can perhaps use a little bit higher order thinking and and recognize that we are actually safe as long as we have ourselves to fall back on and mm-hmm. trust in ourselves. So that was the last piece of it. It's just kind of thinking about our primitive brain and how it constantly wants to belong to groups because it tells our fear response that if we're not part of a group, then we won't survive. And <laughs> that, that um, we can have some of that self-soothing, self-reassurance when um, a group isn't necessarily readily available for yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a nice kickoff to the month of March. We hope you gained some insight from yourself or maybe had a moment to self-reflect a little bit. And, you know, and we will definitely put additional show notes and ways that you can contact us if you want to dive deeper into these concepts. And maybe you're having your own identity, identity crisis as we've, we all go through in times, (laughs) times in our lives. And any other last, last words, Brie? You know, just, I hope you have a good week and we'll be back next week to share some more insights and discuss a little more on identity. All right. Till next time. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to apply some of these principles to your own life, we are here to help. Get started by following the link in the show notes to download our step-by-step video guided workshop to reclaim your time.